Well, let's, um, let's take a timeout. Okay. Um, because, well, it happened again, right? We were one in seven. People were calling for even the janitor to really be fired. Um, but here we are at six and seven fighting for playoff position. And why do I talk about numbers? Because numbers are important in this franchise, right? So I've grown up a diehard Dolphins fan. And for me, dying hard obviously starts with the numbers. The most famous two numbers in our franchise, obviously being 1972 and 17-0. and 0. When the 72 Dolphins won their title and would repeat the next year, it was the most memorable and perhaps unbreakable records that will stand the test of time. A historic franchise built on winning tradition almost achieved the opposite by slipping back into mediocrity. And I feel like we did, right? We slipped into mediocrity for so long. And quite frankly, we've really kind of been in limbo since really the departure of Dan Marino, okay? I remember the quarterbacks that we had after. Unfortunately, I don't really have a lot of memory of watching Dan Marino, but I have a lot of memories of watching his compatriots that came after him. You know, whether it was fucking Jay Fielder, Jay Feely, Chad Pennington, Cleo Lemon... Joey fucking Harrington, Dante Culpepper, whoever it was, right? We've never really had, especially for coaching too, right? When it comes to quarterback play, when it comes to coaching, we've never really had, since Don Shula and Dan Marino, we haven't really had a coach that's been tenured for longer than 12 years, unless you count Dave Wanstead, but we don't really count Dave Wanstead because I don't really like Dave Wanstead, so we don't count him, right? So we've been in mediocrity. We had a meteoric rise from 1966 to 1973. In those seven years, we literally went from an expansion team to the greatest fucking team, and that record still stands today, Okay. You know, speaking of numbers, it's been, what, six years since we've been to the playoffs? Number of losing seasons that we've had since just the year 2000 is 15. We've had 15 losing seasons in 21 years, right? But 2021 was supposed to be different. It was finally the year when those numbers became erased and the pieces finally started to come together. It was the first year of a potential dynasty. Maybe we all doubled down on that proclamation because it wasn't outright said. Right? It didn't really have to be. It was just kind of understood that we were the most exciting team in football and with the most amount of upside. In football, the second youngest team in the National Football League, second only to the Jacksonville Jaguars. All of the eyes were on Miami as this most exciting team full of stars and established breakout players, draft capital, and the advantage of being in paradise. Now, the tides were turning in South Beach 
and it looked golden until it didn't. And then it's starting to again. So what went wrong, right? For a franchise that was on the brink of irrelevance to go from the destination and model franchise now finds itself in an identity crisis. We've been through worse and can we overcome this? So let's explore, right? And the reason why I haven't made an episode since the Jacksonville Jaguars episode um, is one, to really see what this team's all about, okay? To see if we have the strength, the, the will, the guts, if you will, to come back. And maybe salvage the season, right? And we've done so. And we've done so pretty, pretty, pretty well. So on November 1st, we were 1-7. We are now 6-7. and seven. Jalen Phillips set a rookie franchise record. Jalen Waddell set a rookie franchise record. Speaking of franchise records, right, we're... Our halls are echoed of Miami Dolphins greatness. Whether it was the Killer Bees, the 70s and the 80s, or franchise legends like Cameron Wake, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, and the first incarnation of Patrick Sertan. Some golden jackets obviously echo in Canton of the Dolphins' prestige. Whether the defense was an aggressive cover two, an ambitious and experimental cover zero, Miami has always prided itself on stellar defense. Suffocating zone coverage, unending onslaught of pass rush, and a movable object against the pass rush, either combination left a team broken and bruised. Okay, so let's just take a timeout. All right, what caused Miami to go on a random five-game skid? Okay, did we play really shitty teams? That's part of it. You know, yes, we played some teams that are not the best, but with that being said, the last time we also played teams that hadn't won in over a calendar year, um, we lost to Jacksonville. All right, so Minnesota kind of feels our pain right now with losing to Detroit. Which, by the way, thank God, go Detroit. I will be in Detroit next week. So, that's exciting. Um, right, but like, what has happened from week one, right, to all of a sudden, halfway through the season, we're sitting at one and seven. Last year, we were what? At least three and five, four and four last year this time? Then we were one and seven. Right, and everybody thought... This was the end, right? And I'm going to tell you what happened, and I'm going to tell you what I think has caused all of a sudden this revamp, this redo, if you will, with the Dolphins. And I feel it begins and it ends, obviously, with how the locker room views this team, its vision, 
moving forward, right? Because let's take a great example. Let's take a great example of Dan Campbell, okay? Now, look, Dan Campbell's got one career win. I get that. One, ten, and one. I get that, right? It's a lot. But hear me out. Those players on the Detroit Lions side of the football are ready to jump off of the Prudential Center for this man, for Dan Campbell. Okay? And when you see a team like that, a team that is not the best, that has a lot of either players that are past their prime, stars that haven't hit their full potential yet, and everything in between, right? Just a ragtag group of guys that they know that they're the worst. But guess what? They place themselves in those games. Not all the time, but they fight. And they fight for their coach. And they fight for their team. They fight for what the coach is selling. And what Dan Campbell has said and has sold to the Lions. Now granted, it's translated into one win. Is that from a lot of lack of inexperience on both sides of the ball? Is that a lack of talent on both sides of the ball? Is that a lack of experience in the coaching department? It's all—it's a combination of all of those, right? But at the end of the day, what it comes down to, whether the Lions were 0-6, whether they were 6-0, they were willing to fight for Dan Campbell. And I feel that Dan Campbell has a very long tenure upcoming in Detroit because of this. Not because of on-the-field you know, on performance, because um, anybody would be fired for that, unless you're the Browns, um, right? So what happened? And, and so why do I talk about Detroit? So the reason why I talk about Detroit is because I feel Detroit is a really good moniker for what we've got going on, right? Because Detroit, very long time ago in the 40s, 50s, even sometimes like the early 60s, 70s, the Lions were really fucking good. Right, like they weren't like Tom Brady, Patriots, Bill Belichick dynasty good, but they were fucking good, right? And all of a sudden, everybody remember the only thing that people know about Detroit is that Detroit sucks, because Detroit has sucked for so long. And it's the same thing with Miami, right? Miami has this thing that we do, and I thought we were finally done with it, but I guess not where we stir up all of this hype, right? Stir up all this hype. And just to come out and put up results that we know we're better than capable of, right? Miami has this tendency of playing down to the competition. And you can see it because their defense looks absolutely stellar. Right, against one team one week, and then very questionable, very suspect the next week, if you will. Right, so watching all of that unfold, we're seeing that 
Miami doesn't have a lot of quit. Now, am I saying that the season's over? Absolutely not. There's still four games left, right? If Miami just doesn't fuck this up, we're in the playoffs. Okay, maybe by the skin of our teeth, we might barely just miss it like last year. But either way, we're in a much better spot than where we were five weeks ago where everybody wanted to die in this fan base, right? So what has happened? Has... And I'm going to give my two cents, and I'm probably going to be wrong, and that's fine, um, because that's what we do here. I'm always wrong. You guys are always right. Um, When it comes down to it, what do I think turned this season around? Was it... Tua's mastering of the RPO. But really for Tua, it's really called the PRO system because he doesn't really run a lot. He always looks to back up and pass in the RPO. But is he getting better at that? Yes. His RPO, he's gotten fantastic. Look at his numbers. Right, He's putting up incredible numbers this season because the RPO style of offense works. The defense is now finally gelling together right and you could use the same excuse that we did for a couple years of oh well yeah you know the defense just needs to they just need to gel with each other this year they really had less of an excuse to do that okay because we had an actual traditional offseason and not to mention a lot of the players that we are returning on defense like were star players obviously we lost a couple people like Shaq um, Kyle Van Oy, right? But those are things, th- those are moves that we're going to talk about in a completely different episode because the kind of moves that Flores did there of signing pretty hefty contracts to guys that he would later release within a year, um, that's not really something that you do with a rebuild, right? But that's the fun part of a rebuild. You're learning as you go, Right? And I think that's what's happened in Miami. Not only is it the fact that, look, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Will Fuller has not shown up. And since like, what, week fucking four, week five? And Jalen Waddles busted out. So we don't need Will Fuller. So as far as I'm concerned, Will Fuller, we paid him very, very expensively. For essentially a vacation, right? For him to live down here. And there's a couple of moves that we've made that are very questionable like that. Where we made big time spending on players like Shaq Lawson, Agba, Van Oy. Just for us to get rid of two of them. And expose a huge weak side. Um, except once again... Flores is bailed out by his drafting. He's bailed out by his drafting, right? Because we got rid of Kyle Van Oy, a stellar left outside linebacker. And all of a sudden, now there's a gap. And he fills it with Jalen Phillips. And at first, obviously, I was kind of questionable. But Jalen Phillips sets the rookie record for the franchise for sacks in a season, right? So there are moves like that that pay off, right? And then there are moves that we make that are very questionable. 
Um, but I say all of that to say this. I feel like Miami has gotten rid of distractions. I feel like Miami has turned their focus and shifted their entire paradigm back to what worked, back to the basics, back to elementary, back to the Brian Flores school of hard knocks. We're going into a bye week. We play the Jets coming up. Um, I'm not going to say anything because at this point, I don't like to predict the season anymore. Um, Yeah, I think what brought us back was we finally won the locker room again. The locker room was lost for a little bit. We brought it back. And I don't know who stepped up, which leader stepped up. Um, I'm going to assume, given on the character that they really portray on the field, that it was Javon Holland that really stepped up. He reminds me a lot of Eric Berry. He really does. He reminds me a lot of Eric Berry. Um, Obviously, we've got some killer pieces on defense, some killer staples. Um, You know, like the likes of Brandon Jones. Obviously, Javon Holland, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Jerome Baker. Right? And then even on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like, so we've got our designated, okay, cool, this guy's going to be here for at least the next six to seven years. But what Miami is lacking is consistency. Did we win the locker room back? Sure, right? Nobody really knows what happened that made us rip off this five-game win streak. It could just be because we played really shitty teams. Because, look, let's face it, we kind of did. But that's the thing, right? Is I don't know what caused this five-game winning streak. I don't want to question it because we're almost above 500 for the first time since week one. And we're going on a week fucking 14. Um, But I don't know. This season just feels very stereotypical Miami Dolphin. Right? So much hype going into the season only to have so much disappointment about halfway through the season. And then they start playing for something. And they really start playing when they really don't have anything to play for. Um, I mean, except for right now. Obviously, we're in the hunt for a playoff like a playoff space. But Miami just does this thing. And I feel like this season was a big time aha to show people that Miami is still the same team that we thought that we were. Um, we're still the same fraudulent suspect team that plays down to competition. Um, yeah, despite no matter whatever Brian Flores says, um, his words and his on the field play as well as play calling, completely contradict each other. Um, Where, you know, he says we've got a great group of defensive guys, and we do, right? 
And he'll say he'll do one thing. But then when the players take the field the following Sunday, it's something completely different. I don't know. There's a major lack of consistency with this team. Um, and a major lack of accountability with this team as well. Um, we're 6-7 and seven on the surface. It looks really good underneath all of it. When you really start to look at everything, it it's it's kind of ugly. Um, have you ever like gone out to like the back of like a golden corral and seen like how disgusting that shit is? That's kind of what it's like to be a Dolphins fan, right? Because on the outside, everything's good. We've gone on a five game win streak, right? We're in the playoff contention. I understand there are certain things that happen to us throughout the season that we can't exactly stop, like Tua getting injured. Um, But even when Jacoby Brissett was playing in those games, we had a chance to win those games. Several times. And we didn't. Why? Right? Is it lack of consistency? Yes. Is it questionable play calling? Not so much now, but yes. There's still questionable play calls. Right. I mean, now that we have a definitive, okay, this is what we want to do with an RPO. Now it makes a little bit more sense because now we're seeing more RPO. But before it was kind of like, hey, do your thing, bro, with no guidance, no direction. And I feel like this is a cycle that Miami really needs to get out of. To get serious about playoff and Super Bowl contentions. Right? Because really good regular seasons do not get you into the Hall of Fame. Regular, really good regular seasons do not appease your fan base. Right? We haven't had a championship since the fucking 70s. Just win one before I die. Like, that's all I ask, you know? That's all I've got for this episode. Um, I appreciate your patience standing by. Um, as I've disappeared for a couple of months, we've had some health issues. As you know, I do um, have MS. And speaking of MS, if you do feel so inclined to support the podcast in any way, shape, or form, you can always hit that dono button there's also a link to the patreon as well all of the proceeds go to the multiple sclerosis foundation none of it touches my greedy shackle hoarding pocket that's all i got for you today guys um looking forward to what happens after we beat the jets and um i'll keep you guys updated on anything else And as always, no matter where you're listening to this from, when, where, or how, I just thank you that you're here. We love you. To the new people, welcome. Welcome to the family. Hit that subscribe, hit us five stars. Daddy love you. And to the returning family members, welcome home. We love you. Daddy's home. Okay, it's taken me a long time, but Daddy's home. And as always, God bless and go. Miami Dolphins.